What is up, Z-Pack? It's your boy, ZDogMD. I'm live and direct in my office. Okay, a lot of people have messaged me, including a friend at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, uh, to asking me to talk about this thing that had been in the local press in Tennessee about an, a horrible medical error that resulted in a patient death at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in, in December of last year, uh, 2017, and they wanted me to weigh in on what I thought about this. And initially, I was very reluctant because I said, well, I kind of know what's going on here, and I don't think it's going to add a lot to the discussion. And then I really kind of weighed it and said, wait a minute, actually, I think talking about this is crucially important. And my, my ZPAC was right, and I was wrong about this, that this, it does bear discussion. Let me back up and tell you what's going on. What's up, Vanessa? What's up, Susie? I'm reading your comments today as well. Um, so 2017, patients admitted with a subdural hematoma bleeding on the brain. A couple days into the admission, they decided to do a whole body scan. I read in one of the press articles, it was a PET scan. Now, I don't have inside information about this. The patient's name and the involved party's names are, are confidential. Uh, so I'm relying on press and also reports from friends that are there that say it was as bad as, as reported. So what ended up happening was patient is gonna get ready to have this scan. She's expressed a concern about claustrophobia by report, uh, and the doctor orders a dose of Versed, which is an anxiolytic, benzodiazepine drug, short-acting, those of us in the know know, and for those of us who don't, that's what it is. And the idea being take some of the edge off that claustrophobia, mild sedation, maybe not remember the procedure as well, those kind of things, which is all perfect. Very much standard of care for this sort of scenario. Now, the nurse who was managing this patient um, before going into the scanner went into what presumably the Pixis, whatever her medication dispensing device was, and couldn't find Versed on the patient's sort of uh, ordered medications. And again, this is my interpretation reading the press report. So at that point, she triggered some overrides to override what was ordered and put in the drug herself. So she types in, and we all kind of know how these machines work. She types in the first two letters of the drug name, V-E, Versed, trade name, right? Uh, not the, you know, um, the, the generic name. And a medication pops up. She hits okay, takes the medication. Well, it turns out what the device auto-filled was a generic name, which is Vecuronium. And those of us who know what that drug does know that it is a neuromuscular paralytic agent. In other words, it doesn't sedate you, it doesn't make you unconscious, it paralyzes your muscles, including your skeletal muscles, including your diaphragm and your muscles of respiration, your intercostal muscles that help you breathe. Well, this was not a good thing because the nurse took the drug, apparently didn't look at exactly what it was because most people I've talked to have said that Vecuronium has a label on it, a warning label big, that says, warning, paralytic agent, gives the medication, administers it to the patient, and they put her in the scanner. Now, 
Mistake number one. Mistake number two, purportedly, allegedly, is that at this point, the nurse or whoever the staff was that are there after administering the drug, they did not watch the patient for signs of effect or relaxation or reaction, which you're supposed to do. Instead, they put her into the scanner and then probably left the room because she's gonna get a scan. So the patient gets a long scan. When they go to take her out of the scanner, she is pulseless and unresponsive and ended up being rushed to the ICU after I presume a code was run, rapid response and code, and she uh, was with, support was withdrawn a couple days later and she died. Now, let me just, for the emotional significance of this, let me describe what this might have been like because what has effectively happened is she's anxious about going into a scanner. She's claustrophobic. She's already scared. The nurse said, I'm gonna give you something to relax, which is allegedly what she said, thinking it was Versed and effectively gave her a drug used in executions where she was paralyzed increasingly in an ascending way and unable to speak, but completely conscious, able to feel pain and discomfort and fear, but unable to move and progressively unable to breathe until she blacked out, lost consciousness, presumably suffered irreversible brain damage and later died. Let that sink in for a second. That is the tragedy in all of this. This patient died under torturous conditions in a hospital, in a place where you put your trust in other people to take care of you safely. What happened? How did we betray her trust? And in the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna be doing a keynote at the Institute for Healthcare Improvement talking to specialists in hospital safety and I was in thinking about this case more and more. The safety mechanisms that were in place to protect against this happening all failed. Why? And we don't know the exact details, but in a big picture sense, it's because a human being decided to override them and then decided that, 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 other sort of standards of care were not gonna happen, like monitoring the patient afterwards, checking on the patient, seeing how the effect was. Even if you give Versed, that can be a respiratory sedative, that can be, uh, it can drop your blood pressure, things can happen. There should be careful follow-up and, and watching of this patient. So on those levels, catastrophic error, catastrophic failure. Now, this actually put Vanderbilt's entire Medicare status at risk, according to the Tennessean who was reporting on this, and they almost lost the ability to bill Medicare, which would have been catastrophic because it's one-fifth of their revenue. So they put in processes in place to improve systems after this, including personnel changes, which I imagine was the nurse being fired. And again, we don't know the name of the nurse, but I don't wanna know. This is the bottom line. What is at fault here? And how can we do better? Well, okay, I want you to weigh in. I want pharmacists to weigh in. What could have been done to prevent this dispensing of an of a incorrect medication? I want nurses to weigh in. I want rad techs to weigh in. I want everybody to weigh in and tell me what are you doing in your facilities to prevent this from happening? Then we wanna think about what happened here. 
The thing wasn't on the order. She Maybe she didn't want to call the doctor. Maybe she didn't want to have to call IT. Maybe she didn't want to get into the IHR. I don't know what was going on. Maybe she was understaffed. Maybe she was under stress. Maybe uh, something else was going on. There's a million reasons why the so-called Swiss cheese model, all the error holes align and you get a straight shot to disaster. Whereas normally these situations are in place to prevent it from happening. We don't know. Here's the bottom line. There is no excuse for an error of this type happening in 2018 in a major medical center. There is no excuse. And you can make all the reasons. You can say, yeah, this could have been different. We could have had a process for this. We could have not allowed an override. We could have done this. But the bottom line is we should never give this a pass on any level. We need to work diligently to figure out what went wrong. If it was pure human error, that human needs to be adjusted. And whether that means being fired, being sued, whatever it is, we need to manage it. Understanding if there are extenuating circumstances, but still, this patient died under torture effectively. All right? So that being said, let's back up a second. How is this different than the story I told about the nurse practitioner who, actually I have her thing here. I have a bag of pink wristbands for Remy Angler, her daughter, who she was, her routine was uh, uh, knocked off. We talked about this on the show. Everything, every Swiss hole aligned where she forgot her beautiful daughter in her car when she went to the clinic and at 4 p.m. Uh, uh, found her and, and they couldn't save her. How is that different in terms of error than what happened here? You know, it, in many ways, this gets to the heart of how human beings make mistakes, how we need systems in place, we need training, we need accountability, but we also need compassion when it's necessary, when it really was all the Swiss holes aligning and we need to do better. Now, in this case, what can we do? Do we need... Um, some sort of uh, a better uh, uh, dispensing process? Do, do we need a check whenever you're giving something like Versed? Should there be better protocols? Do we need to better staffing for the nurses, better support? Uh, there's a million different things we can do. Let's, so let's read some comments. So Emily Dial says, our Pixis, which is the dispensing uh, equipment, also has a pop-up with this medication to warn that it's a paralytic agent. Back to basics, five rights of medication administration. So I wanna learn more about these five rights from my nurses, because when I say my nurses, I mean my ZPAC. I want you to teach me about this, because I don't know about this as a doctor. Um, and, and, and actually many doctors don't understand the medication dispensing pathway and we would probably benefit from learning it. Um, in my facility, says Stacy Lynn, this would not have happened because uh, Vecuronium is only available in the surgical pixis and in the pharmacy, the hospital needs to have better policies. Well, so sometimes they use, you know, they can use Vec in the ER, use it as a paralytic agent along with sedation and intubation to ventilate. So it's not an inappropriate drug in certain settings. So I can understand why maybe it was available, but maybe. So so Celeste says, triple check, call in attending. If you're unable to fulfill your duties that day, take the day off. There's so many things. So I think pretty exclusively people are saying there isn't a human excuse for this. And I think I have to agree that you cannot give somebody a pass for this. Now, when we talked about Remy Angler and we talked, and I spoke to Nikki Angler, Remy's mom, I got the sense that this was a deeply good person for whom everything aligned and our foilable human brains 
failed us in the most crucial situation. And a lot of people disagreed with me, but I, I unequivocally believe this because there aren't a ton of systems to keep us from forgetting our child in a car beyond repetition and routine and conscious awareness to the problem. But a lot of times we run on autopilot. Now in the hospital, this, this nurse was not running on autopilot. She had to go out of her way to override the safety mechanisms without then taking the extra step of making sure it was the right medication, checking on the patient, doing those kind of things. So that's initially why I didn't want to talk about this because it's like, well, it's pretty clear, but you know what? There is always nuance in these stories. And even if talking about it today changes one workflow somewhere in the country where a life is saved or disability is prevented, there's this whole saying that like the third leading cause of death in the United States is preventable medical error. I'm not sure I believe this statistic. It doesn't matter. It's high. It's too high. Any medical error that causes debility or death is too many. And until we have to, guys, like part of this whole movement of Health 3.0 is looking at ourselves, putting ourselves under a spotlight and saying, not everything the administration does, not everything the quality czars do, not everything the measurement industrial complex does is bad. Sometimes we need to really focus on processes and realize that we're for, you know, we're, we, we, we make mistakes. So we need systems that help us avoid those mistakes. We need better training, but we also need fail safes. Pilots have them and there still could be human error, but it has drastically decreased. And I think we can learn a lot. We can't, we don't, you know, cookbook medicine things, but at the same time, this was preventable. Let's read a few more comments. Um, Let's see, I can't, so April Peters says, I can't tell you how many times I've seen nurses not scan the patient med, say they're in a hurry, and will document it later when they sit down to chart. Booyah, that's it. Doctors cut corners, nurses cut corners when we're super busy. We think, you know what, I've done this so many times, nothing's gonna go wrong. And then it does. And I've seen it happen with potassium orders. I've seen people die. I've seen this happen. And, and then the hospital does a root cause analysis and they go through the whole thing and always it's a Swiss cheese. There are multiple errors. Rarely is it just one human making a single mistake. It's usually a series of things, but again, entirely preventable, entirely preventable. Um, let's see, why was this drug even stocked in the radiology department? There's a history at, of, at Vanderbilt of these sort of shortcuts. Is there a history of Vanderbilt of these shortcuts occurring before? It sounds like a habitual behavior, unfortunately. Marie Daniels. Well, you do wonder if the override's that easy. And, you know, you do wonder. Um, again, I, Vanderbilt is a world-class institution, but in our world-class institutions, we make big mistakes. The bigger the institution, the bigger the mistakes. That's what I've noticed across institutions, which means we need better policies. That being said, I would, if I'm gonna have a complex surgery, I'm gonna go to a major academic institution. And again, this is gonna piss off some community people, but you want people doing a procedure on you that does it a lot and has a good safety record, maybe takes harder cases, so maybe more people die or have bad outcomes, but adjusting for that, they're doing really well. This actually matters. We did a show with Dr. Rifkin from MCG Health about care variation and saving lives and quality improvement and guidelines and things like that. I will share it soon again. Um, Let's read some more comments. Um, yeah, a lot of nurse. Okay, so this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna leave you guys with this. I want you to leave your comments. I want you to have civil discussions in this section about how we can do better. I don't wanna complain. I don't wanna victim shame. I don't wanna blame people. I don't wanna do any of that. 
I wanna have real actionable ideas of how we can prevent this, what you're doing in your institution, what you do personally. Because remember this, as hard as our jobs are and as busy as we are, and sometimes we feel really put upon on all sides, we have this really sacred responsibility to relieve human suffering. In this case, that, was, that, that failed. And so what can we do to live up to the meaning and the purpose of what we do? And sometimes that means doing mundane shit, like coming up with safety protocols and processes and things like that that seem boring, but they save lives every single day. So let's talk about it, guys. Hit like, hit share, and we out. Peace.